You're listening to Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exposition of scriptures. I'm your host and podcast preacher, Brandon Harrell. I'm the pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in East Flat Rock, nestled here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, where I've served for the past 10 years. I pray the podcast will bless your life as we study God's Word together. This is Preacher Brandon coming to you again with another Standing in the Gap. We are still studying the genealogy of Jesus Christ here in our verse-by-verse study of the Gospel of Matthew. We're uh, coming down to the end of this genealogy, maybe this week and one more, in looking at this genealogy of Jesus that's given to us here in the Gospel of Matthew. And what a joy it's been to study this uh, list of uh, often obscure names and just see what the Lord uh, has for us in these verses. Um, so far, we've seen the goals of this genealogy. We talked about it in verse number one, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we talked about that lineage of Christ back to David uh, as a king and then uh, also back to Abraham as a descendant of the Jew. Uh, uh, of the Jews, so we thank the Lord for that. And then we looked at the gap in these uh, in this genealogy. We, the gaps in this genealogy. We thought about some uh, some names that are missing, some omissions, and then an obstruction in the life of Jeconias and how the Lord overcame that by the virgin birth. That Jesus would still have right to the throne, though he would not be affected by the curse that was placed upon Jeconiah. And then we've been looking at the grace in this genealogy, and my, how much grace there is. We saw grace for the scattered, as he talked about his brethren there in verse 2, referring to the 12 sons of Jacob, and how that at the time Jesus came, they were scattered abroad. Grace for the sinner. We saw some pretty, uh, some motley individuals in this crowd, some some real vile uh, uh, individuals that had been placed in this list some grievous sins that have been committed, but yet there's grace for the sinner. We talked about grace for the stranger, Rahab, Ruth here in this line, Gentiles of the uh, apart from God, no, uh, no part with God whatsoever. They were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, but there they are in the genealogy of Christ. Grace for the soldier, we talked about Uriah. We talked about grace for the slave, Jeconiah again there, uh, being brought out of prison and the provisions being made for him. There's so much grace in this genealogy. We could spend weeks and weeks and weeks looking at each name and uh, each account. We see grace for the saints. If we wanted to look at Joseph and Mary, there were some people who were expecting the Lord to come. And sure enough, he did. And they they never would have dreamed that he would be uh, raised up in their house. But there he was. And we ought to be expecting ourselves, looking for the Lord to return the second time without sin unto salvation. There's grace throughout this genealogy. But though there's grace, I would mention to you that there is also some gloom in this genealogy. And I want to look at that thought just for a little while today as we study this genealogy a little further. Gloom in this genealogy. Everyone who was begotten, everyone mentioned in this list, also died. Every individual in this list not only was born and lived a life, but then they died. And not all that are found in this genealogy 
died in faith. Not everybody in this list was a believer upon the Lord. Not everyone here was saved. Not everyone in this list went to heaven. Some of the names upon this list are the names of individuals who died without God and are now in hell. This ought to be a solemn warning for us that it is possible to receive a measure of grace to encounter those who have experienced greater measures of grace. It is impossible to live a life surrounded by those who believe, surrounded and saturated by the Word of God, and yet, with only a superficial contact with Christ, die lost and go to hell. Such is the case for many in this list, and I would say, that the majority of the human race has died in that shape. The scripture tells us that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. But narrow is the gate and uh, and stra- or narrow is the way and straight is the gate that leadeth unto life. And the scripture says, and few there be that find it. Uh, the majority of this humanity, the majority of our race of humans have died apart from God and have gone to hell. Hell hath enlarged herself, the scripture says. And I just want to solemnly warn you today that if you die without a relationship with Christ, if you die without having repented and believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you too will enter that number of those who are in torments in a place called hell. The Bible teaches a literal hell where those go who do not know the Lord, who uh, would not repent and instead have perished. One such individual in this genealogy is a man by the name of Manassas, is what he's called here in verse number 10 of Matthew 1. And Ezekiel begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josias. Manasseh is the Old Testament word that's given to us concerning this man. Now, in first or in Second Kings chapter twenty-one, we read of the life of Manasseh. And I want to read you a few verses out of that passage. Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hesabah, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed and reared up altars for Baal and made a grove as did Ahab king of Israel and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord of which the Lord said in Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he made his sons pass through, he made his son pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. My, what a man this Manasseh was. He undid many of the reforms that had been performed before him by Hezekiah. He followed in the way of Ahab, one of the uh, ones that, that of him it is said he did more to provoke the Lord God unto anger than all those before him or after. And here Manasseh was following in those footsteps. He was worshiping false gods, worshiping idols. He was sacrificing his child, his son, to Molech, it said there. 
in one verse. Uh, he made him to pass through the fire. He sacrificed his son. And uh, oh my, what a picture of the generation that we're living in. It talked about there how that he made a grove, how that he built altars. And the Bible said he used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He was into witchcraft and wizardry. And this generation's fascinated with such as that. And oh, how we've sacrificed our children to the God of this world in abortion and in uh, just throwing them to the wolves and in the failure to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And Manasseh was really a picture of all of that. He was a wicked, wicked man. And the Bible tells us that he even set a graven image of the grove that he had made in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I gave their fathers. And so he did evil. And the Bible said that um, God had... Uh, given the, uh, he, he, well, in verse number eight there, neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land of which I gave the fathers, only if they will observe to do according to all that I've commanded them and according to all that the, my, service, Mo, my servant Moses commanded them. But they hearken not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. My, what a wicked man this Manasseh was. And despite the warnings of God, despite the prophets of God being sent to him, and it tells us about them later on in the text. Moreover, um, Manasseh even shed innocent blood, and uh, God sent prophets to him. In verse 10, And the Lord spake by his, servant, the, his servants the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh king of Judah hath done these abominations, and hath done wickedly above all that the Amorites did which were before him, and hath made Judah also to sin with his idols, therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I'm bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, and whosoever heareth of it, both his ears shall tingle. God was fed up. God was angry with Manasseh and would bring judgment such as would make those that heard about its ears tingle at the hearing of what God did because of the sin of Manasseh. It closes out the life of Manasseh there in that chapter and says, Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did and his sin that he sinned, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Manasseh slept with his father and was buried in the garden of his own house in the garden of Uzzah. Manasseh was wicked. Manasseh's in hell today, and though he's mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, his contact with Christ, his contact with the faith of Christ, with the faith of God's people, God's elect down through the ages, was but a superficial contact. He never did repent. He never did believe. And he died, and he went to hell. And Ammon, his son, reigned in his stead. We learned that in verses 19 to 25 of that same chapter. Then in verse 26, we find Josiah takes the throne. And chapters 22 and 23 of Second Kings tell us of the great reforms that Josiah placed in that land. But it says of him and of Josiah, and like him, there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart. But then it says, Notwithstanding, the Lord not tur turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him withal. Josiah did great things. We, we read of great revival under the reign of Josiah. 
But because of Manasseh's wickedness, God did not turn from the evil, and he still punished Israel for the sins of Manasseh. Matthew Henry wrote, Grace does not run in the blood. And that's true. As we read this list, we read a list of those from whom would come Joseph, whom God would choose to be the adoptive father of his only begotten son when he sent him to this earth. But those in that line, there are some who went to hell, some who did not make it into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus also said, repent and believe the gospel. All have sinned, the scripture tells us, and have come short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He upheld the righteous standard of God. Then he went to the cross, and he died the death that we deserved. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And on the third day, Jesus rose again. He lives now. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father in heaven. One of these days, he's coming back. He said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Friend, what about you? Do you have any real faith? Is all you have just a superficial contact with Christ through the church or your family or some believer that you know down the job? Maybe you've had no contact. Maybe you've accidentally tuned into this. As far as you can tell, you just happened to scroll by and hear what I'm saying to you today. Listen, Jesus is coming. Jesus did die for sinners. If you'll repent, believe the gospel, you can be saved. Otherwise, no matter what contact you've had superficially with him, there is a hell that awaits. Till next time, this has been Pastor Brandon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, you can find our church's website at www.BethesdaBaptistEastFlatRock.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PreacherB underscore BBC. If you'd like to watch our services live streamed, you can do that on Facebook at Bethesda Baptist East Flat Rock. God bless you till we meet again.